I mean, I think maybe the worst day was maybe a B minus, like the first short track. It was like a little dry, but it wasn't. I mean, the mile, I'd give it an A. The TT was maybe like an A minus, B plus. It got a little dry, but um, the half mile as well. I mean, it was 93 degrees and 20 mile hour winds. Like, (laughs) dude, it's fucking brutal conditions. Like, Episode 142, Tank Slotin Podcast, Hotel Edition in Lyme, Ohio. It's been, it's going to be about two weeks when this gets out that we've done a podcast. I forgot my cord for my microphone. It's a clusterfuck out here, but we're doing a DeCoin Rewind Podcast, and we're going to talk about Amateur Nationals a little bit. Other side of the pod, Eric Hartley. What's good, bro? Not too much. Just watching them water the track here in Lima. How's it looking, man? Pretty it's it's a good it's a great racetrack. Yeah, it's really good. I think Robbie Bobby should just be in charge of all track preparation forever. He is the best. Just ask him, he'll let you know. I'm just kidding, Rob. Love you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he will <laughs> let you know, that's for sure. Uh man, dude, what a week in the coin. I if I don't see Illinois for until Springfield again, I, I will definitely be okay with that. I mean, I guess I gotta I got a Peoria job coming up, but holy shit, dude, Illinois. It's just not my scene as far as uh, the food, right? Maybe it's just the <laughs> coin, man. The coin's rough. I mean, that's a rough, rough area. Um, but what a week. <laughs> great, re- great. Yeah, race no, it was though. a good week. <laughs> yeah, it was great, great racing. Uh, amateur Nationals, four great uh, events for the various classes um you know shout out to uh, all the award winners and uh you know they all that's the best of the best they got a great career ahead of them um but obviously the crown jewel was uh getting to coin back on the schedule and hot damn that was a good event great racing yeah i want to make sure we shout out mission foods for supporting the podcast they were all uh, the title sponsor of the amateur nationals they're the title sponsor of american flat track they they keep the sport going. They keep our podcast going. Shout out Mission Foods. Also want to give a shout out to Indy Motorcycle. If you can, go out, test ride a motorcycle. They have a great lineup of bikes, and they do a lot for the sport, a lot for flat track, a lot for Moto America, Super Hooligan Racing. They're just uh, heavily involved in the in the industry, and it's uh, they're a great brand. With I mean, they they ride motorcycles, too. They're just not corporate guys, man. They they ride bikes, so Shout out to Gary Gray and everybody, Indian Motorcycle and Bell Helmets, the official helmet of Tank Slapping Podcast. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. What do you want? What are we doing first? Are we doing the, the coin AFT mile or are we doing Amnats? I'll let, I'll let you pick on that. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll save the best for last. So we'll go ahead and dive into uh, the AFT event. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go AFT first. All right, man. Well, let's get into it. Obviously, you know, the coin honestly is not one of my favorite racetracks that I've been to in the past. Uh, I think when I was there in 2015, the track was, it was really dry. It never really developed like a nice groove. It got kind of rough and choppy. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't like a C-Tex favorite, whatever the fuck that means to you guys, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I did not love it when I was there in 2015. However, when we were there this week for the amateurs, we obviously saw, um, I was there on Friday and the, or was it Friday? Yeah. That's when the amateurs ran on Friday. And I was like, shit, dude, this track looks good. I mean, I, I think the, the G and G Yamaha would be singing around this place. And we, we prepped the track amazing for the amateurs and then going into the pro, the pro race, I still think the track was good. It it wasn't, I don't think it was as good as the amateurs. I'm not trying to be biased. I just think when we were there for the amateurs, it was really, really good. And I think Renshaw and I think he was running like mid 37 second lap times, which was, you know, by himself, (laughs) which is similar to what the leaders, I have to look at their lap times in the main event, but um, I don't think he's that much faster than the guys that were winning. I also I just think the track was a little bit different from the from the pro race to where we had for the amateurs. The pro race it got a little broken up, 
uh, in certain areas. Yeah, that's what I was. Next to the corners. Yeah. But, uh, and it just didn't have as much grip either. It looked like they were kind of sideways through the corners where the amateur day, they were driving through the corners. You know, it was just a little bit different. Yeah, that's definitely from my vantage point. That was the first thing I noticed is how goddamn bumpy and uh, broken up a guy. Uh, I mean, what do you expect after two days of racing on a mile? Um, and, you know, that's why the pros were on it the second day because they, you know, as always, they made it look effortless, but definitely agree with you that it was it was smoother and grippier on Friday. Um, but I guess uh, that's why they're pros, right? They can handle that stuff. It was, it was just, yeah, great, great racing. Yeah, and we'll dip into each class. Uh, it was cool. So, like, I got to watch on the front. And, uh, yeah, it's the front straightaway. And there's kind of like a fence that leans off the track a little bit. And, man, I don't know. I've been around this sport a long time, since I was born. And I still, it's just watching the guys go by or the riders, I should I should say. Sorry, Shana. <laughs> watching the, and Jess Reynolds, sorry. the uh, Watching the riders go by. It's so incredible to see how fucking fast they go by you, like right by the fence on the front straightaway. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I, I watch them and I'm, it just, it's just, I'm naive to like the fact that I did it for so long. It's like, damn, it's, it's this never yeah. gets old. So, um, but dipping into the classes, I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, Draney won, I know Draney won the dash, um, but going in the main, I thought, I thought we'd have three or four riders at the lead pack. Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me to see up to, you know, six, seven, eight. We ended up having six riders at the front. And, dude, it was – everybody ran fairly clean. There wasn't any stuffing. I mean, ma major props to these singles kids. Uh, they've come a long way from the singles class 10 years ago where nobody looked like they knew what the hell they were doing. They were just sending it and – and all of these guys, these riders, uh, they do a phenomenal job now. It's come a long way where you can't even really hammer the singles guys for being. I mean, yes, granted, they do still do some dumb shit, but it's not nearly as <laughs> as uh, noticeable as it used to be. No, it was really cool to, uh, uh, you know, obviously with the, all the Australians that were over for amateur nationals. Um, I mean, that storyline of you know tom being able to win in front of his family and all of his you know um you know friends and family and stuff um but also on the flip side of that they also got to see max whale do really well he what he, he led like two of the laps finished top at fourth and was 0 0.08 or no yeah was a 0 0.08 uh off of winning like that's so cool for that country that has a passion for flat track so you know, I know when they were up on the, you know, on the front stretch when they were doing the podium, like waving the Australian flag, some people were like, ah, ah, you know, just giving a hard time. I'm like, no, nah, that's badass. That's that's a really cool moment. Yeah, hell yeah, for sure. And I want to give a shout out to Tom Drain for, for getting another win. He looked in control all day. Honestly, I think there was a point in qualifying where he was three tenths quicker uh, consistently than everybody. I mean, I watched him in the one qualifying session just literally pick his way through the first group of guys, which is all these top guys. He would just pick one off, go to the next, pick them off, go to the next. And he has a really, really fast Yamaha YZ450. And he is the smallest rider out there. He's got some road racing background. He's pretty good at drafting. Um, he's going to get better. There's still some things that he does that you can tell he's, he's a rookie. Um, I'm still going to call him a rookie. Cause I, again, I think it's horseshit <laughs> that he couldn't run for rookie of the year this year after only doing one race last year. I think that's the dumbest rule ever. Um, but yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tom for the win. Uh, I, it, I didn't know who was going to win that, that singles main, to be honest. I thought it was between the top three guys. I thought Sadoff had a shot. I thought Trent had a shot and I thought Draney had a shot and, and and uh, Tom won by point zero one one. I mean, that is literally <laughs> that's a blink of the eye. And uh, Tom pulled it off. Yeah. Followed by Chase. Um, you know, I'll run through the top three and I'll let you chime in. Uh, Chase Chase looked great. He's he surprises me every race, oh, yeah. which you know I I've been watching Chase a long time, and he's he's good on every type of racetrack. He figures it out. And it was Keith Singleton's birthday, and 
he wanted to get a win for Keith and that was a pretty emotional sp- uh, speech on the podium. And yep. uh, it's cool to see that emotion. I mean, I, I love I love seeing emotion on the podium, whether it's good, bad, sad, happy, indifferent. It's cool to, to show personality and uh, yeah, shout out to Chase, man. He's going to get a win here soon. And, and then he's going to get another and then he's going to get another. And um, you know, yeah, don't, he's... don't look now, but he's nine, po- he's nine points out of the, uh, out of the championship lead. So um shout out to chase and then trend as well my guy trend he's he's come a long way these last few years i'm probably biased and i say it a lot but it's super proud of where he's at he had a really good shot and he actually led it off turn four i think um maybe some races are yeah, i'm pretty sure he led it off turn four which i didn't think that was the play call but um he did it at where was that red mile and it worked and think he just like kind of stuck with it and uh it didn't work out i mean he was 0.005 he was a five thousandths of a second behind chase um <laughs> and 0.016 behind tom so really there's a lot of skill in these miles to where like you have to be at the front but anything can happen off that fourth corner and you're gonna win some and you're gonna lose some and yeah, it's just uh, the way it goes in the singles, man. I think it comes – I I was sitting there thinking, I don't think there is anything – to go back to Chase, I don't think there was anything he could have done. I didn't see him make mistakes. He rode a perfect race. And I think – you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it just came down to he's 50 pounds heavier than Tom Drain. Like Tom Drain's, you know, he's the flat track ant, right? You know, he's Mark Marquez, like the, the angry yeah, man or whatever. I mean, you, you know, there's it just helps. size difference. Yeah. It helps a little bit. I also don't like to get too crazy on size differences because, you know, it's one thing yeah. you, you you hear all these taller and bigger guys. They always want to pull the size card. I mean, not, not honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna have a shout out to Bromley. He would always talk about how tall he was on the miles, but he would never, they never mm-hmm. talk about how the size helps them on other tracks like Ventura or Daytona short track, like you never, the smaller riders, they never get, they'd never get that same, you know, on the different kind of tracks. It's definitely better being fucking taller and weighing more. Um, but you don't hear that on the short tracks. You only, you only hear it for the, from the bigger guys on the, uh, on the mile. So it works both ways. So the size thing, it, it can hurt or help you. Um, it's not like Chase is a beluga whale. He's not, you know, he's a huskier kid, but he's lost a lot of weight. Um, but also drain is he's fucking small, dude. He's tiny, but it, it affects him on the smaller tracks, the tracks that are slippery. So yeah, it is what it is. You got to figure it out. You can't, you know, you can control losing weight, but you can't control how tall you are. And, and I don't think the height thing makes that much of a difference, but, um, Anyway, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that. It, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that it does because I lose a lot and I'm bigger than a lot of people. The rich flat track, so that's I'm going with that, Corey. Thank you for that. I'm going. To, I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, but it helps you on the indoors. <laughs> You're a big indoor guy, so it's. Uh, I am. It's, I it's am. A, yeah. It's a give and take for sure. But uh, yeah, then the the, <laughs> the two KTM's they really stepped it up um, the last few yeah, weeks on the miles, did. and they were in the mix, man. And and honestly, I thought Max. Max especially, but Max and Cody, I think they rode the best race of the night. I mean, they were riding the mm-hmm. fuck out of those orange bikes, trying to stay with with those guys. And in the yep. six-rider lead draft, you had two Yamahas, two Hondas, and two KTMs. And the KTMs, you could, awesome. you could physically see that they were down on power, and they were riding they were riding them things, man. So shout out to max and fourth Cody and fifth. And then the back of that pack, uh, the, the lead draft was Trevor Bruner and sixth. Yeah, it was, it was great. I like that high line that, uh, max was doing throughout the day. He kind of really made that stick. Actually, uh, oddly enough, I saw Declan Bender fucking send it high super early in the day and he put up a decent time and then he didn't do it for the rest of the day. And then I saw max pick it up and then he started seeing people doing it again. Uh, so that they, they were, uh, making that high line work for him. That's awesome to see. Yep. And then we had Morgan Mishler again, just, just not quite where Chase and Trent were on these miles. Um, to be honest, he rode a very, very lonely race. He probably couldn't see anybody ahead of him or behind him. He was 3.5 seconds behind, eh, 3.3 seconds behind Trevor, 
and six seconds ahead of the next pack behind him. I mean, fuck, dude, he was on an island. Um, <laughs> so Morgan in seventh. And then we had a little battle between Dalton, Chad, and James Ott. Um, you know, it's it's no secret. I think now at this point, it looks like the Huskies are a little bit down on power. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just they are down on power because I know I'm the, I work with the team, and um, it's not for lack of effort. It's just I think a lot of it comes down to parts availability and and just being a privateer team running a new motorcycle. So. Um, and I think Dalton too, it's obvious, you know, Dalton's a little bit down on power as well, but yeah, not eighth, ninth and 10th, Gautier, Coase and Ott. Yep. That was a fun battle to watch. So I hopefully, uh, you know, people were catching, uh, watching that because uh, you had the, obviously the first six freight train, but eight, nine, 10 was a lot of fun to watch as well. So you didn't know who was going to come out ahead on that one. Yep. I was waiting for you to, chime in on that and then we have the rest of the pack was pretty much uh in the next pack it was a pack of like nine riders and you had hunter bauer in 11 so shout out to hunter bauer he's that's a pretty good result for him on that honda um it's really cool that mm -hmm. big r racing put another rider on his team um oh and then cole zabala same same team in 12th uh travis Petten, he's had a pretty good season is uh it was 13th yeah. for petting on this day another california kid and to be honest i used to mix them up all the time i i didn't know which one was which petting and santero um but now 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 i know who they are i've 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 come to know them a little bit and yeah taryn uh he rides well as well and for him to get in that main event and get up there and get a 14th uh probably not super that's probably not the end goal for him but a solid day uh, Declan Bender, first mm -hmm. triple digit of the of the main event with a 15th. He's got a Luzak motor, and those Luzak motors run really good. And, and Declan rides the miles pretty yeah. well. Um, he really mm -hmm. does, and he was 15th. Um, Shayna was 16th, and to be honest, her bikes stayed together, but this is visibly <laughs> do not look that fast. Um, it's not yeah. a – and I – I, I don't, we don't talk about racing too much. I mean, obviously we talk back and forth, but just watching her, she's got good corner speed and it just doesn't look like, like when you watch her in qualifying in group one with the top riders, they, they go right by her. No problem. So uh, I think they're lacking a little bit of power on her KTM, Tyler Raggio, Landon Smith, and Aiden Bruce Evans finished, uh, rounded out the main event. Do you have anything on, on those riders? No, it's good. But I mean, like, uh, wanted to shout out all the triple digits for, uh, making it. It's cool to see. Um, yeah, like you talked about that uh, Luzak engine's great and Landon doing another job on the mile. So just shout out to him for sure. I think Landon took a provisional. I'm not sure. Right. Was, did he take his provisional? He's a rookie. Do they get a provisional as a rookie? Everybody gets provisionals now, which is stupid. Nobody, nobody uh, should get provisionals. Uh, yeah, he took a provisional because he got eighth in the LCQ. So, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I hate the I hate the provisional man. It's I. I he should have to. Earn, you have should earn every main event. Yeah. I think. You don't want a participation award. I don't like it. No, I really don't. I think uh, I think you should have, you two, have the uh, chances to make the main, and then you're done. Like that's how it used to be, old school. And I hate provisionals. I really do. Go ahead and get you logged into Facebook and let you uh, share that opinion. It's like flat track on Facebook. Type it up. Ah, fuck it. I share it on here, and people can listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have the uh, rookie of the year standings? Because uh, no, I, I don't. don't like, I'm I looking don't. at it like. Let yeah. me look here. It's probably like, getting I know close for a now. while that. Yeah. Well, Eisenhard was winning it, but yeah. I saw I saw him there, and he wasn't suited up. So I heard uh, Waters Auto Body they were going to come, and at the last minute they weren't they weren't able to come. So he was kind of left without a ride. Let me look oh. here. Yeah, Logan Eisenhard is still leading the rookie points. Well, technically, Tom Drain's leading it because he's got 130 points. Um, <laughs> Eisenhard has 28 points. Uh, Declan Bender has 15. Landon Smith has 13. So, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool to see some triple digits up in there and getting in the mains, but I mean, they have a lot of work to do to get yeah. up to where they need to be at a run at the front. Um, like yeah, I said, because uh, Evan. Yeah, Evan, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, there's some fast ones mm -hmm. coming up, but no, I mean, there's just a big, there's just a big uh, speed difference from like the top nine, 10 riders in the singles and like that last pack of riders. I mean, usually it's, you know, it's 15 to 20 seconds by the end of the race. That's a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out. It's uh, it's uh, you got to trust the process, right? So uh, <laughs> they'll figure it out. No, I'm just kidding guys. For real. I'm just fucking with you. Um, It's uh. And, and honestly too, like it's not talked about is the, uh, the equipment difference too. Now, like the, the top 10 riders are the, you know, if you look at the essence and hauler or you look at the Turner, what, what they have available, it's, it's so different from the riders that we are giving shit for. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's discouraging when you know you're out there and you're down six horsepower, six to eight horsepower, just unloading your bike out of the truck. It's like, damn, like, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, on uh, a uh, side note, you know me, I love my side notes. When I pulled into Lima tonight, I saw the Essenson 18-wheeler uh, pulled into, like, the dingiest comfort in ever. So, you know, I'm just saying, I know it's Lima, it's the middle of nowhere, but, hey, triple digits, even they're staying at bad hotels. So, you know, trust the process. Trust the process. All right. Let's go into the Super Twins main, which honestly was was a really good main event, man. Um, yeah. Well, there was a pack of four riders at the front. JD and Davis were kind of seesawing that pack. Um, honestly, Davis kind of made a run at that pack of four, maybe about 10 laps into the main. He kind of caught up to the back of them and and JD was right there too. And they were, dude, those top four guys were hauling ass. And those, you know, JD and Davis just couldn't couldn't hang there in the last few laps. I mean, pretty much when that five to go, do they still do a five to go board? No, they don't. So like back in the day, the five to go board, that's when you kind of went to work on a mile. And I I got the experience it once or twice at the front of the pack where the whole intensity of the race changes with five to go. I mean, it really does. And I think, think when it comes down like a minute left in the race, it's fucking go time. There's no more dicking around, setting guys up. Like you, you, you're on a mission to either win the race or not win the race. So, um, you know, I'm going to give a shout out. We'll run down the list here. Jared Meese, another mile win. He kind of was losing the pack. Like, you know, early on the race, mm -hmm. I was like, damn, um, Briar was Briar. We'll get to Briar, but man, he was he looked in control, which was am amazing to see on that KTM. Um, and then the pack kind of the riders in that pack, they're all really smart riders, and they kind of watched what he was doing, watched where the line were, the lines were, and they figured it out. But Jared Meese with the win, Brandon Robinson, man, shout out B Rob, really, really good to see him in the mix. Um, yeah. He's had some inconsistent results this year, he's had some injuries. And when Brandon decides he wants to ride, he fucking rides and he can, he can hang with the best of them. And shout out to Jerry Stinchfield roof systems, Ben Evans, uh, everybody on that program for, for getting that motorcycle uh, back to where it needs to be on the miles. That was, you know, we have two Indian FTRs first and second on a mile. And that's really, really cool to see Dallas Daniels having a, a really impressive season. That's his first third place of the year, which <laughs> still on the podium but you know that's his first worst finish of the year is a third uh and then briar here on the podium he was not happy <laughs> not happy yeah and then briar too man that's that's the best uh ride of the year for him and I, it bums me out he wasn't rewarded with a podium or a win uh you know the lapper uh we'll get we'll talk about that but the lapper <laughs> got in the way and just crushed his momentum and Really, you know, I was I just spent some time at his house or his dad's house in uh, Illinois. And, you know, it, it truly crushed his momentum where he literally that was going to the that was a two two laps to go. And he just couldn't get back to where he needed to be. And, you know, he controlled the whole race, set the whole race up the way he wanted. And he probably had the fastest bike in that four rider pack. And then just to lose that momentum because of a lapper, um, 
just sucks. But, you know, aside from that, really. Yeah, it's good, definitely. I just, with the with that KTM, I, I hope that with the success on the mile, it can be, you know, obviously they're doing a lot of R&D. It's such a rad bike. I don't want it to be a mile specialist, right? I, you know, obviously he's got two legends in his pit with Michelle and Dave, like they're going to figure it out. But I, I'm looking forward to these half miles and, you know, buyers good here at Lima that were, you know, coming to this weekend. Like I want to see that bike uh, continue to grow and, and develop into next year. Cause it's just, it's cool to see another brand out there. Um, you know, like you were saying with the Indian Yamaha and KTM all in the running, like shit, maybe AFT did fuck around and figure it out how to get parity with uh, the right restrictors and stuff. Cause it's cool to see. Yeah. I still hate the word restrictor. I really do, but it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're far off. Honestly, I, I still, if it comes to restrictors or TC, I, I don't like TC at all. Um, I just, it's so hard to figure out. You got to have a, basically you have to have a guy and you have to pay a guy to do it. And I just, yeah, I don't know. That's another topic, but anyway, so the Briar, Briar and fourth and then JD beach, man, I have so much respect for JD as a racer and his work ethics and, He's just a little off Dallas this year. And, and honestly, some days it's a little bit more than a little bit. And I don't know if, if there's a difference in bikes or equipment, you know, they're all, they ride for the same team, but I, and I have no insider knowledge. I don't know if what the difference is there, but he's just every race minus the, um, where was it? The super TT where he fucking just rode that bitch. Um, he's just a little off of where he needs to be right now. And I know he's frustrated because I know JD, I know how competitive he is. And uh, I'm sure he'll, he's going to ride the bike as hard as he can. He's going to figure it out, but I would have liked to see him in that lead draft as well. And then going to Davis Fisher quietly. Davis is having the best season of his career. I think he's up there. I think he's up there in like fifth or sixth in points. And he's, yep, he's, fit. he's a quiet guy anyway. He's not too chatty, but he's been riding the bike really well. And um, yeah, shout out Davis, dude, for uh, another good result. Oh, yeah. Nope. Going Absolutely. Into, uh, he's having such a hell of a season. Going in the seventh, Jared Vandercoy, him and Bronson Bauman, they, they had a little battle there at the end of the race. Uh, Jared's a little off too, where I thought he'd be. And I know how talented Jared is and I'm not sure what their program's looking like right now, but they're on an Indian FTR and uh, Jay Maloney is the uh, mechanic team owner. And uh, like, again, I don't know what, what program they have going on, but I know how good Jared can be and his potential is, is as good as anybody. So hopefully on these half miles, we'll see some, uh, we'll see Jared back up front because he's definitely capable. And then Bronson as well, mm -hmm. uh, I, I call Bronson Bam Bam. He's just a fucking brute. And he he's on a KTM. And I know how hard it is to kind of Briar's kind of making this development look somewhat easy on these KTMs. Uh just because he's just a psycho. He's such a good rider. And Bronson's right up there as well. But so for most of the season, he's looked a little a little uncomfortable on that bike, except for DeCoin. He looked really good at the Yeah, court. he looked good. Yes, yeah. very good. Uh, but his starts are shit right now. And honestly, that if he could have got a better start, I think he could have been up in that lead, uh, or not the lead pack, but I think he could have been right there with JD and Davis. And man, his start yeah. was awful. So because his best lap is only it's less than a tenth off of JD's best lap. So you know, the potential's there for Brombo and hope, hopefully he gets up there. Him and Vanderkoy, they're they've won races in this class. So yeah, they're uh they're capable riders. And then going into ninth, um, they were ninth and back, they were pretty far back. Like ninth was Dan Bromley. He was eight seconds off of Bronson. So a very kind of a lonely ninth for him, but he's a part-timer, he's a new dad, so shout out to uh the Dan, congrats on having a, a baby. That's super cool, man. Um, I got the wish. I wished him a happy first Father's Day at the coin, and <laughs> it's cool to see him uh, doing as many of these races as he can, and getting a ninth. And then Colby Carlisle, 
after the race on Friday for the amateurs, I was like, dude, that G and G bike, if there's grip in this track, it's going to be very, very good. But Mm -hmm. the grip kind of went away on Saturday and he struggled a little bit to where I thought he was going to be. No, I was a little uh, disappointed too. And I know he was as well, because, you know, I've, I've through, you know, working with you and stuff, I've learned a lot about that bike and uh, it was definitely a bike for, uh, it was definitely a track for that uh, bike and it just didn't come together. So that's a bum bummer for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, going into 11th Cameron Smith, he was 28 seconds behind the lead. Nick Armstrong, 30 seconds behind Billy Ross, 30 seconds behind. I mean, that's such a huge gap on a mile. Um, It's, it's just, yeah. There's a lot of parody here in like where, where these riders are at. I mean, back in the day, you would pretty much see all the riders within a few seconds all the way through the race. And, you know, it's a, it's parody and equipment, it's parody and rider talent and all these guys, it's not like they're not talented. Like Cameron Smith is a great rider. Nick Armstrong, he's won singles races, twins races. Billy Ross won a production twins race last year. They're good riders, but this class is no joke. And when you move up to this class and you're racing guys like Nice and JD and Briar and Dallas, they it's, it's just, there's just levels to this class. And um mm-hmm. yeah it's very it's very very tough so uh but it's cool to, to see billy ross he he's not with uh i've noticed he's not on the johnny goat indian motorcycle no more he's back on a kawasaki so he was actually the first finishing kawasaki ninja so that was that was cool um and then going into casey cisco uh the first xg 750 actually the only xg 750 huh Times change quick right there. I thought we'd have more XGs out there this year. No, there's uh, one. The old uh, Gary Ketchum had one. Oh, on fuck me. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Gary. Yep, <laughs> Gary was out there as well. Um, but Cisco with 14th. And then Lowry, man. So I was really impressed with Lowry at, I think it was Sack or Red Mile. He finished, uh, I think he was ninth, and he looked really good. Um and then he was a little off at the coin and do that. I'm I, I like Jeffrey. This is nothing personal, but damn dude, that was, that was such a bad judgment. Like move. just yeah. a bad move. I mean, I say it all the time, guys. It, it's not like if you know where you're at on the track, you know, you're, you're struggling, you know, you're that far behind. Right. And like glance back a little bit, see where the leaders are at, be aware, try to just be super courteous. You don't want to be that guy that has an impact on the race as a lapper. It's the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, He wasn't really battling for anything significant. I mean, him and Cisco were kind of near each other, but it's 14th and 15th place. Casey did a phenomenal job. He pulled off really low on the track he pretty much gave position up. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I think, uh, I think Cisco, um, cause he's down 24 laps, right. Um, or interval 24 laps. So I, I'm pretty sure didn't Casey have a problem and then Lowry got around him. He's like, Fuck yeah, I'm going for it. But then I know through everything that happened, he got Lowry got penalized one position. So he ended up, still behind cisco in the the pecking order so okay that's um, what i was wondering because yeah, on here it yeah. says point zero 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 behind or whatever but yeah just a bad call yeah. jeffrey i mean he's this isn't his first rodeo he's done this a long time and he gave zero fucks about the the, the race he didn't look around he didn't even you know right up yeah. in the racing line that's just oh man that just that bummed me out like i it's just just a bummer. So, um, yep. I don't want to burn him at the stake, but I mean, hopefully riders can see that and learn from it and, and just be courteous, man, be courteous to the race and, uh, and the finish of the race, it was two laps to go. So, um, but it's nothing personal toward Jeffrey or, you know, anything else. He's a really nice guy and he's, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good rider. He's not a bad rider. He's a former horizon award winner. He's a great rider, but 
I was gonna say, yeah, I thought he won the Horizon Award. Yeah, but it, when it's not your day, I mean, just it's not your day, and just be courteous to the race. That was that was shitty. Um, Kevin Stalling, sixteenth. Uh, it's cool to see Kevin on a twin. He must have had an issue because it looks like he was quite a few laps, uh, like yeah, behind or whatever. And then catch him, laps, yeah, catch him in another main event kind of by default no offense to gary but he he's super cool when he's off pace he kind of gives way and and lets those guys race so shout out to gary for for that and then ben low ben lau um dnf does did he do any laps and john cox i don't see any laps from or john cox huh yeah i don't know i saw john cox out there i don't know about ben though maybe he did to be honest, dude, I didn't stay for the main events. Like I was, we had the whole amateur program in the morning and yeah. I told my team, I'm like, yo, I got, I went there, got the team dialed. I talked to the boys, got them, got them somewhat situated for the main events. And I had to go cause Cruz had to get up the next morning. He had a race and I watched the main events on the way home, but the twins main, I'm going to be honest. I was nodding off. Like I was so tired. I went back and watched it yesterday uh, just to refresh my memory because I was tired, boy. So I didn't get to watch it in real time. I was I was definitely in and out of sleep. Yeah, yeah I had to hurry up and get uh, Cruz's bike back on the dyno, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, great, great event for the most part. Uh, great racing. The crowd was decent. Uh, you were actually in the grandstand. Yeah. So before we go to the amateur national portion of the show, um, I want to make sure I want to shout out two sponsors. I'll let you talk about what it was like being a fan at the event. Um, Moto America, we're at the Ridge this weekend in Washington. I've never been there, but it's a, it's a phenomenal racetrack from what I've heard. If you can go get tickets, uh, MotoAmerica.com. If you can't be there, subscribe to their live plus package. I'll be watching off and on throughout the weekend as well. Uh, they have a great, great live plus package. If you like motorcycle racing, get that package and watch it and follow them on social media. And I also want to give a shout out to Yamaha, Yamaha racing, Yamaha motorsports, motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side snowmobile and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. So what was the grandstand side of things, bro? At uh, the coin. All right, hold on. Let me get my soapbox out. I'm going to step on it real quick. No, it's, I don't know who the promoter is or, or was, um, but they had two concession stands for the entire event. Um, there was, when you talk to the folks that were in the concession stands, they were like, yeah, we didn't really expect there to be this many people. And then they only accepted cash and then they ran out of food and beer um it was just so and so we'll go with that um a great crowd you know everybody talks about how to coins in the middle of nowhere uh people showed up it was a fantastic uh crowd and showing some of the best racing the aft's had all year it's fantastic that it was at decoin it was a great event but i think for you know you're a race promoter um i think from that standpoint there was a little bit of a lack and i've always said this that I, when I go to a restaurant, I don't want to see how it's made. I don't want to see how the food's made. I don't want to sit next to the kitchen. And I felt like, now I don't know where the line is drawn between what the promoter is responsible for and what AFT does, right? So maybe I'm about to learn something. I don't know. But I just felt like there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I could see. You know, um, for example, you've got Scotty in the middle of an event having to make an announcement over that, hey, kids that are standing on the stands, get away from the fence. But like five minutes before, I saw two or three AFT officials just walk past it. You know, there was no security at the event. Like, you know, when you go to the Springfield Mile, there's, you know, people around like kind of crowd control, kind of helping out with stuff like that. There there just wasn't any um, real control over it. And I got to say, like the, the racing, I'm giving an A plus. But as far as like what was presented to the fans, was a C minus in terms of like what you go to expect. Cause we, we make jokes, you know, all the time, but when we step back, this is a professional organization and it's presenting uh, a professional event to a paying customer. And I just, I feel like the promoters dropped the ball um, on being prepared for an AFT race to come. So 
Um, I just think that we need to reevaluate, you know, reevaluate um, on that and let's do better next year when we go back to the mile. I think they proved that, you know, people in Southern Illinois and the surrounding areas are going to show up to a race, but that's not, that's not what you do. I, I was really shocked at like what was being presented to the fans. Um, you shouldn't have your, your race announcer needing to do crowd control when AFT officials uh, are walking by, not giving a care about it. Um, and then, you know, little things like with the, the starter line going out, there was a delay. They had to like redig it up, put it back in. That's fine. But, and then down on the podium, you could see like boxes left out and, um, you know, getting ready for stuff. I don't know. Again, I just, I hope this serves as a reminder for people like, Hey, we make jokes, but at the end of the day, this is a professional organization. So I'm stepping back off my soapbox now. I'm interested into what you're, what you think of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. That's actually, it's kind of funny that Scotty had to uh, tell the kids to get off the fence. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 that's because that was probably on the live broadcast and everything. That's actually really, yeah. I mean, so definitely a loose program, right? I think, uh, I think that's like <laughs> the nature of Southern Illinois or DeCoin. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't venture around that part too much. I kind of was on the uh, the pit side of things, but uh, yeah, that's I don't know, man. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, that definitely needs to be better then for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually sure. nice yeah. when AFT promotes their own races because you know they they control mm-hmm. everything. It's not it's not really a conflict of interest then where Scotty has to do that for the promoter. You know, it's it's one you know one I don't know how to you know corporation or whatever that does it all. So yeah. um, I don't know. That's that's funny, but yeah, you will see a lot different, like me, like Jared Meese with uh, Lima, dude, he has like 20 food trucks there to, uh, this weekend. So yeah, you're about, yeah. you're about to see the the bad and the good when it comes to non-AFT promotions. Um, you know, Jared, Jared <laughs> does a phenomenal job with, uh, with Lima. So it'd be cool to get your insights on, uh, on what that looks like yeah. compared to the coin. Um, but the other part of the show, and we can't do a show too long because I'm actually sitting in the hotel room. I kicked out my wife and kid and uh, Evan Renshaw <laughs> so I could do this podcast. I was like, I got to get this in tonight. So the other part of amateur, yeah, yeah. Um, this podcast was Amateur Nationals. I want to talk about that. I want to give a shout out to Jerry Stinchfield. Brew Systems of Dallas, Texas does so much for the sport, keeps the podcast going. We really appreciate Jerry. He guys... Um, he has nearly 40 years in the commercial industrial roofing business. If you need a commercial or industrial roof, anything along the lines of that, Jerry's your guy. He's uh, he's the man. So um, Amateur Nationals, dude, uh, I did a post about it today. Uh, I got asked to come and be the safety advisor like a week and a half before the event. Um, I had no intention of doing it, to be honest, because it's a, it sounded like a lot of work. Um, and ended up being more work than what it even sounded like, but it was a lot of work and I wanted to spend time with Cruz, my wife. I wanted to give him a good experience for amateur nationals. Um, but at the same breath, he didn't really, they didn't really have anybody else to do it. And I felt like I could help, um, whatever it meant. I felt like I could help the event. Like I felt like I could bring some, um, some push for the program, some efficiency, make the tracks as good as I can. Like I'm not a track prep guy. I'm good at bitching about tracks, but like I actually don't run track equipment. Um, however, I've been around a lot of racetracks. I have a lot of common sense, I feel like. So I used as much of that and my instincts as possible to give the riders the best tracks we could possibly do. And I was down, dude. I mean, I was literally on my hands and knees, picking up dirt chunks, using a shovel, um, anything I could do, I was using a leaf blower and, you know, running back and forth all day long, trying to give everybody the best track possible, um, best racetracks possible, dude. And I think honestly, all the tracks, maybe I'm biased, but I thought they were all really, really good. Um, the TT looked so fun. Uh, I would have loved to ride that TT looked amazing short track. The indoor short track, I don't love. I don't love that it's an indoor for an event that big because it's such a single file. 
blah blah typical indoor uh, i don't love it but it's cool because if it rains we have it we have a roof you know we can go yeah. run that yeah. event it's cool to have that that option um short track though the tracks were good well i will go ahead. you know me i'm a short track guy so i gotta say this like on the second day of the short tracks you can say it was single file but i think it was the 85 race when uh braxton reagan shout out tracked down that kid uh and passed him on the last corner going wide around him like I stood up and was clapping for him. So, I mean, I, I love my short tracks, but if you're hungry, you, you can go eat some dinner. So I, I don't know. I, I, the second day of the short track, the track was much better. I will say that the first day was, I don't know, but yeah, the delay on the second day, uh, second day when you guys recut it and did all your magic and shit made it way better. It was awesome. Yeah. And dude, I don't think any of the tracks were, I mean, I think maybe the worst day was maybe a B minus, like the first short track. It was like a little dry, but it wasn't, I mean, the mile, yeah, I'd give it an did. A, the TT was maybe like an yep. A minus B plus. It got a little dry, but um, the half mile as well. I mean, it was 93 degrees and 20 mile hour winds. Like, <laughs> dude, it's fucking brutal conditions. Like, um, but we yeah, watered yeah. after every, we watered and dragged after every single race and dude, I'm literally sitting like for the short track. I got in the tractor with the guy. I felt like I was sitting on fucking Santa's lap and I'm telling him like where to water it, where don't water, it. turn the water on, turn it off, water the right side, water the left side. Like, um, it yeah. was a, anyway, I don't need to talk about it too much, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of work. Um, but overall, I will say this as someone that was a parent and had a kid racing, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but I'll say it like it is. Without you having moved that shit along, we'd have been there. We'd still be in DeCoin racing right now. So as not just your friend and as a co-host, like, but as a parent of somebody that was racing, thank God somebody was there pushing the damn program along. So that's, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely didn't know that that was going to be one of my jobs. But, um, you know, I <laughs> I do it with my own races and, when everybody's sitting around and there's nothing going on and everyone's quiet, I'm just like naturally going to pick up the radio and be like, all right, well, let's, let's go. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? So, yeah. um, but anyway, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to the riders. I want to run down these classes, uh, real quick. And then, um, we'll take seven, eight minutes here, hopefully to go through all of these, but, um, 50 chain four to six, uh, Cruz and Oliver, they, they had some really good runs this week and, it was cool to see them yeah. out there together competing all these 50 classes, man, there, there weren't a lot of riders, but the riders that were there, like there was nobody slow. I mean, they all were, they all were yeah. good riders. So, um, four to six, uh, was, was great. Uh, seven to eight. I want to give a shout out to Jackson Joyner. He swept the, swept the entire yeah. event and he looked really good. Um, I've never, I never really heard of him or seen him ride, but, his family's big in the racing. They're from California and he swept the very competitive seven to eight class with, uh, Shavira, yeah. Nickens, Skylar Lauks, who's a great rider. Odin music. Who's another great rider, Wesley settle. Um, <laughs> there's really good riders in that seven to eight class. So, um, shout out to Joyner. Uh, and then the PW class Cruz was able to win all four races, which was uh, really, really cool. He had a hell of a battle on the half mile that we, uh, we had the navigate. <laughs> yeah. he won, but it was, he was, uh, lacking a little straightaway speed there on the half mile, but he pulled it off. He, he, I was very proud of that, of that result. Uh, so that was cool. Um, the four to eight shifter class, Odin music is very, very good on his Honda 50. And I was impressed watching Odin. He's, he's a great rider, really nice kid too. He was really cool with Cruz. Uh, but Cruz was able to get a win on the half mile, which was, I didn't expect that. And honestly, I think if I would have geared, geared the bike a little better, uh, I think he would have had better results, but shit, dude. I mean, he rode three different bikes and like, I had no time to work on them. I was trying to get up really early, like yeah. 5am and change his gearing and shout out to Trent Lowe and Kyle Snyder and Shana and Briar and everybody who would just kind of chip in to help me, uh, and help Amber with Cruz. That was super helpful because yeah, the it was impossible. The coolest thing I saw was when our kids had a shutoff contest on their clutches and both burn them up. The amount of people that just dropped and like made sure that all the, the bikes were good. I mean, like there's that picture of, you know, when Cruz's bikes tipped over and like, that's why I love flat track is like, 
nobody gives a shit who's on what bikes. It's just like, let's get that bike out on the track. So that was really cool. Yeah. And that was like, uh, Joyner, Jackson Joyner's dad, he chipped in and Nickens chipped in and, yeah. um, Rob Fox from Dunlop, uh, helped out. Who's in They're another sponsor of the podcast. And, uh, 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 Austin Lauchs helped out, man. It was, yeah, without that, he, he, yeah, we were fucked. He wouldn't have been able to race. So, um, <laughs> Going into the 65 CC classes, uh, Hugo Holmes, man, as a another Aussie kid, I I've really enjoyed all these Aussie kids, man. They are super nice, super courteous, like friendly, and they're just savages. Like the way they ride, they're built, they're built different in Australia. They really are. And um, I want to give Hugo a huge shout out in the 65 CC production. He beat some very very good riders: Jackson Settle, Jackson Brown. Drew Eldred, who's a Pennsylvania kid who I've watched for a little bit. He's a great rider. Brody Davis, Cash Carter, Jaden Nickens, Logan Higgins, uh, Higgins, sorry, Brentley Kriminger, who's a he's a former national champion. I mean, the the class, the 65 CC classes are actually like really, really stacked. And um Australia took to taking the win in that. Uh 65 CC modified. Deegan Lickfelt, he's a Michigan boy. He took I think he won three at through two or three out of the races and won the championship. Uh, Jackson Brown, Hugo, Hugo Holmes were, uh, were second in that. Do you have anything on the 60 classes? I'll move on to the eighties. No, it's good. It was good. Like you said, it's good to see the Aussies come over and do so well. And then we have uh, the 85 CC classes, which Jack Brooks pretty much, I wouldn't say he dominated, but he was in control of every single 85 CC class. I think he won three championships, but there is, uh, a bunch of Aussie kids that were literally right there with him. Uh, Jake Page, who apparently he's a really good road racer as well. Really enjoyed meeting them, their family. Jake Page crushed it. Um, and also Jed Fief, Fife, uh, he was a top five guy on that 80 class as well. Uh, number number 23, Colton Schaefer, California boy. He's been a top rider for a long time. Jet Guitarzy. I got to talk with his dad a little bit at the short track, Brody Hansen, uh, damn, uh, Braxton Reagan. Like it's a really stacked, uh, really stacked <laughs> class, dude. Like, fuck. Yeah. The future is bright. If all those kids hang around and, uh, keep going in circles, it, yeah, that was real. That was one of the things that I had, uh, you know, obviously on the youth day, cause that's when our kids raced is like, God damn, there's fast kids coming up. Yeah. Jake page actually won a title. I look at here now in the, the mod nine to 11 class. I still wish they, I was telling Ken Salon, I wish the 85 CC was seven to 11. Like it used to be. Cause I think an 85 is actually easier to ride than a 65, but they changed, they yeah. changed the age on that. Like not too long ago. So um, anyway, yeah. shout out to Jack Brooks for winning the youth rider of the year award, his family. They're super nice. They're dedicated. Um, you know, he rides very, very well. He's, a, I think he's, 13 12 13 he's up on a 250 now so i think that was his last run on the youth bikes and he's moving up full time to 250 so uh shout out to jack for uh for winning that award that's a big one uh going into the vet classes dude anything stand out to you in, the, in these vet classes no no um the one thing i did know notice is that uh for whatever reason um this year they put the hooligans on the amateur day not with the vet so i don't know I, I felt like it would have been a little bit better if they put the hooligans with the vet riders i mean none of us are you know um going for horizon awards right so I, I, that was perplexing but uh no that's about all i got yeah i'll give a shout out to adam beldiga he was one guy i noticed because he had a he had a turner bike like it was an, an old turner bike and yeah. he, was, he was very impressive like he was dicey and he was riding the 30 and 40 plus classes. He got a, he got a championship in 30 plus, uh, Dave Tayo, who I've watched off and on for a long time. He's from Michigan. He's a very fucking dicey. I don't know if he's 60 or 50, but he's like, he's, he's not young by any means, but he rides like he's 25, 30 years old. I mean, he, he, he loves the throttle and he won the senior 40 plus and 50 plus championships. He beat Dallas Mayer, who he's won a lot of these championships, and some other great riders, Monty Klein, uh, 
Travis Newbold, Caleb Fritz. There's some pretty good vet guys, and Dave Tyo won both those titles, and he won the uh, the Vet Rider of the Year. So, shout out Dave Tyo. He's his he's got some really good motorcycles. Brian Bigelow uh, works on those bikes, and I think he trains a little bit, or he knows Wiles, and he's got some good guys in his corner. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Dave Tyo. Dallas Mayer did win a championship in the sixty plus. Uh, Monty Klein, dude, he uh, proposed to his his girl at uh, the trophy ceremony. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. I think if I proposed to Amber at a flat track race, though, she probably would have said no. Like, I I think that's probably the last yeah. place she wanted to get proposed to. It was just personal. <laughs> well, you don't want to get married at the Springfield Mile like somebody else that we know? And sell t-shirts. You do yeah. that, too. Yeah, he yeah. sold, sold merch. <laughs> He's something else, dude. Jared Meese, <laughs> that fucking guy. Um, <laughs> two fifty CC production. Uh, really, obviously, I'm kind of going through these pretty quick because honestly, guys, I'm tired as hell. And um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about the AM Nash, AM Nationals in weeks to come. But I want to give Sam Drain a shout out. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember yeah. him being this fast. I mean, I know he was always a good rider. But I was actually like very impressed with Sam Drain. Um, I always thought he was just kind of like Tom's little brother, but dude's quick. Uh, I'm very impressed. He beat Cage Tadman, who is a great, you know, Cage is 15 and he's a very, very good rider from California. And I think Sam, Sam Drain's only yeah, that dude's 13 and, and he won uh, the 250cc production class. Uh, Cage got redemption and won the mod class. But damn, like there are some fast boys and Bodie Page, that kid is a savage man. I he he yacked himself so, on half mile and literally just shook it off. Like, oh my gosh, dude! All right, so here we go. You know, like I'm the conspiracy theorist, the conspiracy theorist of the the podcast, right? I'm throwing this out there, and this isn't a dig on anything or anyone, but I just like stirring the pot. We know, everybody knows that you can't get certain parts here in the States that are available in Australia. So when it comes to what is considered production, I think there needs to be some clarity given on like things like CDIs, ECUs, um, on what's able to be ran in these bikes. So I'm dropping that nugget and I'm going to see a shit storm that comes from it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, what, did somebody have different ECUs or? So what's been going around the, you know, the pits is that uh, in Australia, you're able, I think it's either the ECU or the CDI. There are things that you can get over there that you can't get here, but since it's still production, it's still like shoehorned in. Um, I don't know this to be the gospel. But if it is true, I think it would be worth looking into and saying, hold up, is this considered production, right? So, again, okay. conspiracy theory, I'm, I put my tinfoil hat on, okay? So, that's just, I think it's worth looking into. That's all I'm saying. Next yeah. subject. <laughs> all good. Yeah, I, I will say that if, if, uh, if Bodie Page, uh, if you start selling t-shirts, little homie, I'm going to buy one because I'm a big fan yeah. of uh, of that kid man he, he was, was awesome he was very impressive to ride and it was funny on the on the podium for the open amateur class i don't know there's like eighty thousand classes but the amateur class at <laughs> the 250s rode with 450s him and renshaw were on the podium next to each other and it literally the kid was literally up to evan's like stomach like he's such a tiny kid <laughs> And it was a very, it was like me and my, my, like my girlfriends in middle school when they take me to the, like the school dances. I'd, <laughs> I, yeah, it was, he was literally half the size of Renshaw, but he rode, he rode great all week. Um, Cody Mishy, Rory McWalter, McWalter, I probably saying his name wrong. He's another Aussie kid who had some podiums, had some top fives. He was right there in the mix as well. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Budman, Adam Costin. He had a couple, I think a couple podiums. Uh, I think the mile, I think the TT. He, uh, yeah, he had some podiums as well. So the 250 classes were fun to watch. And that brings us into our 450 classes, which there's four of them. Um, I think going into this, everybody knew it was between Braden and Evan. 
not a knock on yeah. the kids that were there. They're all very solid riders. Um, I want to give a shout out to Walker Porter and Evan Keller. Keller, um, they were the next tier behind Evan and Braden. But literally, I think the only rider who beat them heads up uh, was Carson King on the mile in the production class. But every other race, yeah. I mean, they they just checked out. Um, Braden and Evan. If Evan didn't win, Braden won. If Braden didn't win, Evan won. And then ten to twelve seconds behind would be third place. Um, so with that, being I got to give a shout out to my boy Kale. He got on the podium on the indoor because you know that's all we do in the Northwest is ride indoors. So he goes from fucking missing a heat race because he he wasn't paying attention. So. Good job there, buddy. Love that kid. But then he goes and puts it on the box with Evan and uh, Braden. So I got I to gotta pull for that one. Good kid right there. Yeah, and I, I look at Evan Kelleher, and I think he'll have a good pro career. Like, I think he'll slot right into main events. Um, Walker Porter's younger. I think he's the next guy in line on paper. He's mm -hmm. a very, very athletic-looking kid. He looks strong. Um, yeah. He's got really good equipment. I think Walker's going to be really good. And I think he might be a Horizon Award next year. I think he's probably the early favorite. Um, Carson King has some really good rides. He's a great rider. He gets help from Jeffrey Carver, who knows how to ride a motorcycle. Uh, Dominic DeMario, he had some really good rides. Uh, he's a really nice kid, man. I, I think Dominic's going to have, if he decides to continue on in his pro career, I think he'll be able to get in there and make some main events. Skylar Centel was another kid who looked really good on the half mile. I think he's from Michigan or Wisconsin. Um, actually, he might be related to Jason Centel, who used to be a really good rider himself in like the 90s or early 2000s. Uh, it might be his son, actually. I fuck, I should know that. But yeah, um, Michigan anyway. or Wisconsin, they're basically the same. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you, you ever want to get them stirred up, just talk about who's better at ice riding, Michigan or Wisconsin. They, they, it's like a thing. So, um, but anyway, it came down to the half mile and, uh, Evan Renshaw won the horizon award. And obviously I, I help Evan out. He's, he's my guy and he trains with me and Trent all year long. I know how much work he puts in, but I think a lot of people, they don't realize how humble he is. Like he is very humble. He's too humble. Yeah. Like I need more edge from him. And, um, you know, he's very, very humble. He's a nice kid. He works hard. His dad worked his ass off and Braden, Braden was very deserving as well. I have a lot of respect for Braden as a rider. Um, they have very different riding styles approaches. Um, but yeah, shout out to Evan for winning that award and we will get him on uh, the next podcast. He's actually downstairs in the lobby, <laughs> but um, we're not going to get him on this show. We'll get him on the next show. Um, and we'll, we'll talk with him. So, uh, yeah, really, really good overall event, exhausting. I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the next podcast, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool to, uh, to have Evan win another for district six to win another horizon award. Uh, Jared Meese was one, uh, actually Evan and Jared Meese, they go to, they are from the same high school. So it's actually Kind of oh. a fun fact. A lot of people didn't know. Actually, Jared Meese didn't even know. And I was like, yeah, dude, another Horizon Award uh, for Pequay Valley. He's like, is that – he goes to Pequay Valley? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I had no idea. So, um, yeah, fun little fact hmm. there. So, Well, I'm glad that we were able to get all of the uh, the feeder classes taken care of and that we can finally get into the fact that uh, your co-host is an AMA number one plate uh, holder. So um, it feels good. No, I'm just kidding. It's cool. Yeah, baby. Hey, take it any way you can get it. Take it any way yeah. you can get no, it. No, I do want to give a shout out to my buddy Kyle James, who he got me uh, on the indoor because my dumbass's hot shoe fell off. Um, but that kid put so much effort into being a good rider, and he's so goddamn nice. So, Kyle, I know you're listening. I'm super proud that you were able to get that one on the indoor. You fucking deserve it. So, hell yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty entertaining, honestly, trying to watch you uh, wrestle <laughs> around that bike with no hot shoe. Um, I can't believe you didn't know that you don't screw in a hot shoe, dude. Like, everybody, you, like that's, no. yeah, you screw that fucker in. Screw it right into your heel. Well, not the heel of your foot, but the heel of your shoe. 
And, uh, yeah. and I don't know what shoe that was. <laughs> I'm not going to throw any names under the bus, but your shoe was a hunk of shit. It was cracked. It, it definitely wasn't a Mike Butler racing shoe. So you're going to have to give Mike Butler a call and we got to get you dialed in. Yeah, no. So this is, this is true. My sister actually is a union welder. And uh, yesterday took the hot shoe to my sister when she was at the shop and she fucking busted that guy back together. So um, it's now presentable and screwed into the boot. So lesson learned. Shout no out more, sis. Uh, no, none of that bullshit. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, we got Lima coming up tomorrow, amateur, and we have the mm-hmm. pro race on Saturday. We'll do a better podcast, a full version of a Lima Rewind early next week when I'm home. I have my own microphone. I don't have Amber texting me. To, she's she's like, we got to go to bed. I'm like, I know, I know. So, um, so oh, shit, that's so funny. My wife texts me the same thing, so it's good. <laughs> all right. Well, sh- shout out Lacey. Shout out Amber. Um we uh dude i'll see you in the morning uh we're gonna try and get this pot out here tomorrow hopefully billy can edit (laughs) late at night and uh and keep this going but want to make sure we we shout out all the sponsors that support us and all the fans for listening uh subscribe (laughs) jesus i'm so tired subscribe soundcloud itunes spotify um yeah That's it. That's a wrap on this. Go. We out. All right.